the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as you know, those of you who listen in, in addition to my JED, I also have a couple of master's degrees. I'm a master of the laws of taxation law and a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. And both of my master's degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in beautiful downtown San Francisco. And because of my training, my experience, my interests, and my expertise, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and taxation law. And I'm also proud to say that on occasion, I sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of the various forms of financial elder abuse that are running rampant in our country today as more and more of us fall off the side of the earth into the wonderful era or age of becoming seniors. And for some reason, people think that when we become seniors, that we have a target on our back and people can take our money without our consent. That is not right. As always, I am so pleased to be able to come to you again, once again today, from the beautiful KFAX studios in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area. In case you haven't guessed, I have this thing for San Francisco and the San Francisco Bay Area. I come to you here on KFAX to discuss some of the financial and legal issues that are confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum, an educational vehicle for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you search out for more detailed information about any financial or legal issue that's confronting you. And, but you need to have that information tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances. And hopefully I can also help you think up and outline Uh, some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. Because I do believe that you need qualified professional help if you have a legal or financial issue that you're trying to resolve. And I want you to have qualified professional help because I got to more than likely guarantee that the party on the other side that's threatening to sue you for money that you owe them 
or already have sued you for money that you owe them or they're going after your home or going to repossess your car because you haven't paid or you're having some issues with, you know, a payout for a contract that you had entered into, the person on the other side likely has something that you won't have if you try to represent yourself. That is to say, a lawyer who at least knows (laughs) some of the issues that are involved in litigating a financial matter. So again, when you represent yourself, it's like taking a butter knife to a gunfight when the other people have guns and you don't. So if you have a a better knife at a gunfight, you better get up close to your adversary and then maybe all you can do is scratch her or poke her in the eye. But believe me, the other side is going to be well-armed. And my problem with you being unarmed or not properly armed is that your valid claim or defense will likely see the promised land long before you do. So once again, I must share the purpose of Selwyn's Law here on KFAX, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law as it relates to your money and quite probably the lack thereof and your overall finances and the things that you really need to consider to protect your family's financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational forum. Okay, and again, I just love to hear from you, and I keep hearing from more and more of you. And as I shared with you before, uh, last week's show, I heard from a couple of listeners with points of view and valuable insights and information that I believe we all need to consider as we prepare to work together with our elected officials and other stakeholders, and we must work together in plotting out our joint way forward in dealing with a California future that unfortunately includes an ever-increasing probability of all kinds of rural wildfires and urban conflagrations um, in this continuing uh, situation where our electrical power grid appears to be deteriorating and um, the infrastructure is way out of whack And so we have to determine how we're going to fund the infrastructure's upgrade and how we can continue to insure our homes and businesses from the increased likelihood of fire in this new, but apparently here to stay, fire-prone environment brought on by climate change. And, you know, I'm sorry if you're a climate change denier. I, for one, got really good grades in science, and there is such a thing. Now, I know some of you are asking, what does this have to do, or my focusing on wifers, what does it have to do with your money, which is the focus of Selma's Law here on KFAX, money and legal issues related to your money. I say everything. As I share uh, in one of my earlier shows, California ratepayers and California taxpayers, that's you and me, We are the ultimate underwriters of each and every cost of everything that even remotely is related to the issue of future firestorms, including the most recently and uh, currently felt cost, that is to say having to deal with losing the power that we need to run our homes and businesses. And I also say that not only is your money implicated in this issue, 
More importantly, as we have all discerned from the recent spate of fires, so is your life, your lives, and the lives of your family members. As a result of this new environment, I believe we must all get involved in helping our political leaders and others in charge. We must help them help us by, at the very least, educating ourselves on the key issues involving this issue and making sure that we have a more fire-safe state and country. As I see it, making California more fire-safe has at least three subparts we need to develop and implement in order to save ourselves. First off, we need to develop and implement fire prevention strategies, tactics, and methodologies such as implementing effective vegetation management programs, underwriting and upgrading safe electrical and gas transmission and distribution systems throughout the state, and we must figure out how to utilize and implement innovative technologies to monitor the fire-prone sectors of our state and our power grids by using such you know, new devices as stro- drones and remote sensors that are, uh, that are uh, remotely accessed either via satellite systems or other telemetry systems. Number two, we need to develop and implement more robust fire mitigation strategies, tactics, and methodologies, such as more thoughtful long-term planning for and implementation of preemptive power shutoff programs, such as the ones that we've all complained about that um, PG&E has implemented with the last four, uh, three of which have impacted me personally. And we also must you know, develop and implement fire remediation and recovery programs such as assuring the adequacy, affordability, and availability of fire insurance for our homes and businesses throughout the state. And we really need to, and I know the legislature is in the process of developing this, a state-funded and therefore taxpayer-controlled recovery resource funding pool or pools that we can use to rebuild. And these would be used as the underwriting tools of last resort. But we must plan these things out now during this interval between fires. Now, one of the letters I received came from a retired PG&E employee, Mr. Tim Stimbers, who asked that I do some research and lead a discussion on forest management practices in California and, if there are any, their impact on the increase in wildfires throughout the state, if any. I did undertake a review of some public information in preparation of this show. I first went home, that is to say. I went to the city of Oakland, that's my hometown. I went to its website and downloaded a copy of the city's of Oakland's Cal- City of Oakland, California's revised draft vegetation management plan that's dated November 2019 and it's going through a review process right now for before the city council and the mayor sign off on it. 
I then went to the California Department of Forestry and Fire Prevention, also known as CAL FIRE, and I obtained and reviewed several documents from its Forestry and Fire Protection Fire uh, Resource Assessment Program, also known as the FARP. That's the agency responsible for assessing uh, the amount and extent of California forests and rangelands and analyzing the conditions and identifying alternate management programs and policies. And you can there at fires.ca.gov. And then finally, I went to a website that was for telecommunications and telemetry programs. So when we come back, we'll go a little bit deeper into my research into some of these issues. But first, let's take a short break. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on what we, as a statewide California community, need to do to prepare for the next rural wildfire or urban conflagration. Again, the genesis of this series of shows is the result of one of the letters I received earlier this month concerning the recent spate wildfires and how we need to go beyond blaming PG&E and maybe take some responsibility for the issues ourselves. But first and foremost, we need to educate ourselves. That's a responsibility that we can take on. Again, the letter came from a a retired PG&E employee, Mr. Stempler, who asked that I do some research and lead a discussion on the forest management practices in California as they impact the increased hazard of wildfire throughout the state. And I did undertake, and as I said, at first I went to my hometown's website and got a copy of its most recent draft vegetation management program that's dated November 2019, which states in its executive summary, this revised draft vegetation management plan describes the actions that the Oakland Fire Department will continue to take over the 10-year plan time frame to reduce fire hazards and about the 1,924 acres of city-owned land along with the 308 miles of roadway in the city of Oakland's designated very high fire hazard severity zone. In English, that's the Oakland Hills. Um, This uh, management plan, vegetative management plan, has been developed to meet the stated goals of reducing wildfire hazard on city-owned land and along critical access egress routes, reducing the likelihood of ignition and extreme fire behavior, and to enhance the public and the firefighters safely by avoiding and minimizing the impact of some of the natural resources and to generate a regional effort to reduce the wildfire hazard in the Oakland Hills. And the Oakland Hills presents a complex wildfire environment that presents a significant risk to the public and firefighter safety and um, also our beautiful natural natural, uh, resources in our environment. This area is one of the highest risk area in the country for devastating wildland urban interface fires. Again, urban conflagrations. 
and is the location of one of the state's most destructive wildfires in history. That was the 1991 tunnel fire that I'm, thank God that I was able to live through many of my neighbors, but quite a few of my neighbors did not. Lessons learned from this and more recent devastating wildfires in Northern California highlight the importance of managing vegetation to reduce wildfire hazards. Development of this plan includes a detailed assessment of wildfire hazards, which was used to identify and map out areas of high ignition potential where extreme wildfire behavior would be expected. And it also looks at the current terrain and the fuel Fuel, that is to say the fire conditions, the, the, the timber that will ignite. Plan development also included coordination with the Oakland Fire Department's uh, personnel and the public and stakeholders to outreach to them to have a better understanding that current vegetation management pr- programs are such an important and crucial area to be considered. Vegetation management program were then identified and prioritized based on the proximity of the plan area, that is to say the roads, the ridge lines, the park access gates, where fire behavior is anticipated to be extreme, and where continuation of the city's goat grazing program would effectively maintain lower fuel loads. I shared with you last time that um, when I was appointed to the Oakland Fire Suppression District, we we looked at primarily four areas. You know, how are we going to deal with the underbrush? And one of the innovative ways was to um, hire goat herders to come in and uh, organically deal with the underbrush. We also looked at undergrounding um, uh, electrical and distribution systems. So new areas of of home building uh, in the Oakland Hills. Every attempt is made to underground those um, um, access vehicles that are likely to catch on fire. Then we also have very small winding roads uh, up in parts of the Oakland Hills that is very hard for a fire engine to get through. So we looked at some fire engines in European countries and and looked at smaller uh, 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 engines, uh, narrower um, um, engines that could deal with the winding road. And then we also looked at the fact that we needed to make sure that people didn't park on, on some of those roads and such that fire trucks couldn't get through. And this is very important, this ingress and egress that is talked about uh, in this plan, because it's my understanding that the campfire started in an area that was hard for the fire engine to get to. And if they had been able to get to it earlier on, they could have been able to put it out. So ingress and egress is very important. Um, If you live in a fire-prone area, you have to be able to get into the area to be able to put the fire out. So that's why it was very important. Uh, The plan also uh, prioritizes vegetation management along the 30 miles of primary access egress routes in the area. So again, it's very important that uh, you be able to attack the fire as soon as it it comes into play. And that's what the um, Oakland um, Vegetation Management Program. So I would suggest those of you who don't who live in a city that doesn't have a plan, you might want to look at Oakland's plan and discuss it with the leaders of your community as a place to start to educate yourselves on the kinds of things that 
uh, government needs to do to protect its citizenry from uh, the fire hazard, especially if more and more of us are living in areas uh, that were once wooded areas and now we're trying to uh, have communities there. We need to understand that fire is always going to be a hazard and we need to do what we can to educate ourselves and help our, our, our civic leaders protect us. Then I also went to the California Department of Forestry and Fire Prevention, also known as CAL FIRE, and I obtained and reviewed several documents from its forestry and fire protection, fire and source assessment program known as the FARP, the agency that's responsible for accessing the amount and extent of California forests, rangelands, and the like. And the reason why I went there is that Mr. Stempler had asked about the tree uh, mortality-related issues and how they intersect with fires. And there is a section, um, uh, a group that's been put together by CalFair to look at tree mortality. And they state that between 2012 and 2017, over 100 million trees died due to many years of drought that weakened the trees and left millions of acres of forested lands highly susceptible to insect attacks. The drought stress is exacerbated in forests with too many trees competing for limited resources, especially water. Tree loss due to drought stress and the bark beetle attacks are expected to increase until participation levels return to normal or you know, we have multiple uh, rainstorms during the year. So as a result of, in the past, uh, looking to the future, in 2015, then-Governor Brown issued an emergency proclamation and established the California Tree Mortality Task Force, now known as the Tree Mortality Working Group of the Forest Management Task Force. And in uh, 2017, then Governor Brown issued some further executive orders to bolster the state's resources used to look at trees. And then, again, this is managed by the Forest Management Task Force, and their big issue is to deal with drought and the management of healthy trees and dealing with unhealthy trees as a way to combat uh, rural wildfires and urban conflagration. Again, the goal of the task force is to identify and map out uh, tree mortality in areas that pose the greatest potential risk to people and, and, and property. These are known as high hazard zones, and they are areas that are prioritized by the task force. I know you should know that. The, the task force has created a web-based mapping application that I played around with in preparation of this show. And it's through this application that the public can view the Tier 1 and Tier 2 hazard zones as well as the associated information about these zones. And um, they talk about ways to uh, protect utilities, roads, recreational sites, etc., and it, it also is used to foreshadow where problems are going to be. And I believe that a combination of this technology and drones and the use of highly sensitive sensors that are either accessed via satellite or other land-based telemetry systems 
is one of the things or one of the ways that we need to consider as we prepare for a more fire-prone future. If we're going to survive here in this beautiful state, we're going to have to think in innovative ways to protect ourselves and our families and, and our futures together. So I'm going to say we're going to leave it there for now, but the next time we get together, we continue our discussion by looking at some of the new technology that's being used to help us better monitor our rural areas with a goal of preventing forest fires. So in closing, as I say here at Selwyn's Law, we need to always stay on the right side of the law, including the laws of nature that cause forest fires. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 